Hi, welcome to What You Reading Dude. It's Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! different recording studio oh my today <laughs> fun updates we changed locations same table not same table. that it matters to anyone out nope. there <laughs> but in case anyone's keeping track i did move over the weekend undisclosed location lisa's moving in soon <laughs> at an undisclosed Un- time yes <laughs> intrigue <laughs> We will be Stereo. partially remote in the weeks ahead. Yeah. 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 Lisa and I have been binging, I don't know, getting into Simply Neological yes. videos. I would classify it as binging. <laughs> I, I haven't gone Based that Based on the far. amount of text, I think there's been at least multiple oh, mini yeah. binges. I haven't gone that far, but I did watch a couple last night, and she's so cute. I'm so funny. Both of them relationship goals. I'm not interested in nail art at (laughs) all. But for some reason, her videos are just really funny. And like, okay, to preface it, like, for anyone who doesn't know, Christine, like, of Simply Nailogical, has been on YouTube for like six years, something like that. Like. She's been there for a while. She has like 8 million followers. She's killing it. She's come out with her own nail polish line. She and her partner started a podcast in 2020. So like they've been around. I found out about her and Lauren found out about her like last week or like (laughs) maybe two weeks ago. And so I feel so late to the game, but I love it. I love her channel. I, I don't. Like, we don't have the history of, like, watching her go from, like, primarily doing nail art to not doing nail art, which is kind of a a joke on their channel where she's like, the nail art channel where we don't do nail art. (laughs) And, like, it's really cute. But I, I I don't know, especially because we've been diving into podcasting and all I don't know if you know we have a podcast. Oh, yeah, here it is. You should (laughs) listen to it. This is a podcast. This is yeah. a podcast. What is this microphone? <laughs> Where are we? Who put this here? But I have to say, like, being exposed to Christine has been really wonderful to see an example of, like, a really normal, down-to-earth person who is also working and has this part of her life that is so rich and separate from what she does. And I just... It's been a really nice piece of inspiration for us because I, I see similarities of like we're all working but also excited about this venture and we're not 20. Like, you know, like we're we're a little older than that. And so it's nice too to like see someone who's not like 18 or 20 and it's just like, hey, like, I don't know. Like, I'm just doing yeah. this. Like, yeah. And she's, she and Ben are so humble. Like they've been very successful. 
I just really love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She just seems super down to earth. I mean, she's Canadian. She's super <laughs> down it. to earth. She's like not trying to, I don't know. She's just herself. Mm-hmm. And their humor literally has me laughing out loud. Like, it's <laughs> especially like Ben's humor feels so dry and he hits it and moves on. And you're like, oh, wait, ah ha ha. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Not quite like that. But oh, wait. Like, Today I was listening to a podcast where he was telling Christine about different... She doesn't watch movies and is not interested in them really at all, which is <laughs> similar to me. So he's explaining The Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and The Godfather to her. I've seen none of these movies. And I'm like hanging on his every word. I'm oh like, oh, these God. stories sound interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you just narrate every story right? to me, please? Save me time. Replay this entire like, series. I had no <laughs> idea what Star Wars was about. <laughs> oh my God. I really love to. Now, granted, it's kind of like, it's a great podcast to like have in the background and kind of like come in and out of. And so it was nice to hear his commentary about how Disney kind of bought the rights and then kind of ruined it in a way yeah Yeah, they did you know honestly i haven't watched a lot of the newer episodes and and some of the spinoffs and so because they suck but it's just it was nice to hear that commentary because i've been kind of out of that world too and i'm happy i can kind of save myself time now yes (laughs) you can Yeah, I was definitely on Christine's side when she said that she likes to know the synopsis to know if it's worth her time or not. And I am right there with her. (laughs) Not about to watch, like, what, nine movies? Oh, my God. So long. And you get to the end, you're like, they kind of ruined it. Right. What? I I want to make it progressively worse. Worth my time or not? Yeah. There are only so many bingeable minutes in a day. You got to fill it with... Either quality content or what everybody's talking about so you can be on the same page and discuss. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I have to admit, I love that. And I've loved that in the pandemic in particular. I think for a while growing up, there were some trends that I just like chose I was going to opt out of. You know, (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to watch that. And that's totally fine. Like, you don't have to ride the boat, the train, whatever you want to say with everybody else. But it is fun to just be able to like geek out about something with other people or talk about how ridiculous like the Bachelorette ending was yeah, or whatever. My first, God. my first thought was the Bachelor and Bachelorette. I didn't yeah. start watching it until college because I wanted to be I wanted to be able to talk about it with other people yeah. that were yeah. watching. And it was it. just like a fun reason to get together with your girlfriends and drink yeah. a bottle of wine and way better with friends. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it gets really stressful on like on its own. You're like, I don't know how. Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, especially some of the, the later last seasons. seasons. Yeah, I feel like the example that stands out in my life is Game of Thrones. I, I think so. I didn't watch it for a long time, okay. and then at some point a couple years back, I'm like, let's do it. There are just so many people. I think it was some point in grad school where I was like. I'm kind of fighting a battle for no reason. Like, why keep myself out of it? And so I basically binged season one. Okay. Morally felt so bad for what I had seen. Because that was like... Season one was... it. Well, it was intense. Like, the first episode... A lot. It, it's a lot. And I think that was just like... 
in a totally different universe from everything else I was watching at that time. Because most of what I was watching in grad school, I think, was just like, not nonsense, but just like mindless, like, like life is heavy like, enough. Yeah. 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 And so this was like very <laughs> different. <laughs> Did you keep watching? I paused. After okay. that, I was like, ugh, ugh. Like, I, like, like, yeah, I need. And it was for like a couple more years, I just didn't. I was like, you know, this is just not for me. Because I figured the rest of it would be the same. Oh, yeah. They, so, sorry. Yeah, no, no. I'm like, oh, you're good. I love Game of Thrones so much. I'm glad. They went so hot and heavy season one. I started watching season two. So I got in like before all the mm-hmm. people knew about it. And I'm glad I got in season two because season two is much more yeah. palatable than season one. I still love season one. Still here for it. There's a lot of awful things that happen. Even like episode one, it's like, okay, right? we're starting here. Okay. Literally. <laughs> and then the second episode, oh my God, I can't even remember what happens. But the wolves and then Joffrey gets attacked by a wolf because he's being a dick and mm-hmm. like, Vindicated. Yeah, and then they have to kill the dog, and then Sansa has to kill her own dog. Like, what the hell? Yeah, other things occurred. <laughs> anyway, but you yeah. got back into oh, yeah. it. So I wait a couple years, and then the final, well, the second to last season comes out, and my yeah. friend wants to have, like, viewing parties. And at that point, I'm like, this is why I wanted to watch this in the first place. So I, yeah. I kid you not, and please don't hate me for this, anyone, but I just jump ahead. I, ju- oh I don't God. even watch two through whatever. You- I watched that in the last season. And honestly, I actually didn't feel like I was missing a beat, like because a lot of what happens in the beginning comes Sets around up. towards the it's end. It's all foreshadowing. So at and, the time, yeah. I was like, I'm good. Like, I just, you it's fine. You know who everyone is. Yeah. But then the last season came out, and I realized, like, as I was watching those in real time with everybody else, I wanted to go through and watch all of it before the end. I wanted, like, I was like, I've really fucked this up. I need to just go back. So I start binging the whole thing over again as I'm watching the end. Oh, my God. I don't really recommend the sequence. It was highly chaotic. But it was really cool because it was all super fresh in my mind. And so when the ending, the last yeah. couple episodes happened, like, I really felt in it and was, you know, devastated yeah. with many of other people on some of the ending. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but it was Especially, really crazy. Oh, my God. I just can't even believe it. The summer between when Jon Snow was killed and when Jon Snow came back to life was the most difficult summer to get through because that's all anyone was talking about and, like, course now we all know he came back to life but like we didn't know that we all know that (laughs) it's funny because none of my friends watch this so i don't know anything about it oh it's it's so and it's not something i mean i I guess you guys watch it but it's not it's just funny to me that what you watch is so much a part of your like friend group yeah and and no one was asking me to go to watching parties for game of thrones so i'm like I'm not watching that yeah, because there's no reason so for me to watch that. It's just not my kind of show, and I already know that. Yeah. I'll say, like, it's not really a show I would go to either. Like, they're, they're kind of other shows that I feel like people who enjoy Game of Thrones also go to, like, Outlander and such. And I haven't seen any of them. I guess, like, I dabble in it, but I'm not – it's not a genre I'm seeking out. Mm-hmm. And the gore – honestly, the gore level – 
was a bit much for me. And so what I ended up doing, because like I really enjoyed the overall storyline and I was here to watch like Daenerys as she's going. And oh my God. yeah, and just she like was so the best. Yeah, so many very interesting characters and very interesting like storylines happening. So it was also a show that I kind of had on while I was working. Yeah. So the gory scenes, I could just kind of look away and I'm like, I get the point. This person is being tortured. I don't need to watch yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Because it, it helped. Because otherwise, like. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm still not going to watch it. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> you don't have to. It is, yeah. It's just interesting. I mean, the topic of like watching things in order to be a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I definitely understand. I mean, that's why that's why like reading Harry Potter was so fun because it's like finally fun to be a part of the conversation. But this is not one that like my friends are discussing. Well, yeah. I'll talk to you about it. It's <laughs> a little past the prime. Please, yeah, please, please don't. I'd rather <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. You're a little totally too much has happened now. It's I don't want to get yeah, into I, it again. I I already know enough about it that I don't. <laughs> I'm yeah. not interested. <laughs> we good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, on a totally different note. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa's no, going. really. There's a lot of fights in Lisa's Game of Thrones. It's true. Lots of fighting. We can talk about relationship think, dynamics. Yeah. And, and I've mentioned this for a couple weeks. Working girl, I'm, I'm not, I'm getting back into reading and listening to things so things don't happen like week by week. But I finally basically wrapped up <laughs> <laughs> the book. Everybody Fights by Kim and Penn Holderness. Um, this is a new book. I think it came out mid-March. For anybody who hasn't heard, Kim and Penn Holderness have their own YouTube. Two channels, actually. They have a channel that's like musical parodies of um, <laughs> pop songs and, and oh actually God, all that. sorts of songs. And they're, they're so talented. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have um, another channel where it's it's still humorous. I would say everything is in the camp of comedy, but they have a channel that's more kind of family vlog and has been really great during the pandemic of, like, you know, how Halloween feels like, oh, Halloween's going to change everything. And then Christmas is like, Christmas is yeah. going to change everything. And the book is called Everybody Fights, So Why Not Get Better at It? And it's basically a book that talks about some of their – Top fights, I guess they kind of have classified of all the fights that they have had in their marriage, these are kind of the camps Whoa. they fall into. Okay. And some might be like, mm. the truth behind the fight is like, you don't see me. Or like, mm-hmm. how do we deal with finances? Or yeah, even just like building trust or mm-hmm. working in time for like adult stuff. You know, like <laughs> I have to say, you know, I listen to this via audiobook and after going through it, I, I also want the hard copy, but mm-hmm. I love the audiobook because yeah. oh. the two of them are just such characters in, in a great way. Like, they are, I guess I'm really relating to like people that just feel really down to earth and really real. And I feel that so much in mm-hmm. everything they put out there. And this audiobook is not short on that. Like, they kind of go off script at times, which is one reason why I really love the audiobook. It just feels like a eight hour long podcast Penn even like towards the end of the book just like makes up a song on the spot like with piano and like plays it out and I'm just like this is gold I want to be able to do that oh so good anyone would want to listen but yeah stuff like that makes me 
want to be able to afford like audiobooks and hard copies for Same. every book I own. I know. Because I, want that I yeah, <laughs> I love listening to audiobooks, especially while I'm working. That's such a good way to take in information mm-hmm. like that. But then I want to be able to remember it in a hard copy format. Yes. And like underline and take right. notes and stuff. Yes. So Ugh. I just want both, but I can't have both a lot of the time i am waiting for the day this is an idea out there because i'm not going to develop this <laughs> where you can get the hard copy the e-reader and the audiobook all in one i just want like the package and then i can kind of go between them wasn't that like a thing at the library you could check out books that had like a cd-rom in the back oh yes <laughs> okay so do that for like 2021 oh my god and then, like, credit um, us. Wow, that <laughs> long ago. What I was going to say is that I've heard Dax on his podcast say a couple times about how he's realized with his fights with Kristen always go back to, like, the same three yeah. insecurities mm-hmm. he has, and it's the same with Kristen. Like, he feels like he's not being seen. He feels like he's not the most important thing to her in the moment or whatever. Yeah. And it's just interesting. It's like you're fighting about something, but what is it actually – What's the underlying problem here? That resonates so much. And I'm sure many people can resonate with that. Because, like, with my boyfriend and I, as we were early in our relationship, we would definitely have, like, we're, we're coming from two really different cultures and really different ways of communicating. And that definitely presented itself yeah. a lot at first. And it felt weird because I felt at times, like, as I was explaining why I'm upset about something or trying to unpack why he might have been upset at something, there was an underlying meaning that in my mind for a second felt like I was making an excuse. But I realized, like, especially after reading this, it's like, no, you're just trying to get to the heart of what it is. Because mm-hmm. like sometimes it's not the fact that like you didn't text me back. It's like... It's that I don't feel like mm-hmm. I'm on your radar. And as someone who I want to be with and love, like, you're the radar I want to be on. And yeah. if you're not on my radar, whose radar am I on? And, like, you know, stuff like that. And this book was really great at getting to those two. And I, I would say, too, especially as someone who has not been in couples counseling or been in any therapy yet myself, like, this felt really digestible like really easily digestible and kind of a nice starting point actually it's been like a nice open door for even like my boyfriend and I to talk about things and it's been kind of a nice um experience where he's into it too like he's not I don't think he's listening or reading to it but I've told him about the book and I'm like oh I read more of this book and he's like oh what'd you read today and it's been like a really nice experience of like so we read about this and like the book breaks down what the fight was and the breaks down like what's kind of happening here what's the category and maybe goes into some like scientific research about it Mm. but then gives you tools on how to like open up the conversation about it and so like some of them are like opening up on like listening and then I think they call them magic words but just like words to help keep that conversation open and not like Mm. even if it's an argument if someone's feeling one way instead of like instead of the no but you yes and if it's an idea or if it's what somebody's feeling like you want to validate what that feeling is and still work through it you know because 
whatever they're feeling is what they're feeling and you might be feeling something different and those are both valid uh-huh. and so it felt like a nice way to give some quick tools yeah. to hit some of those things and then they have like these bonus boxes or something which is why I want to get the hard copy that break down like some helpful tips mm-hmm. and that feels like something oh. you want to go back to yeah you know? yeah that reminds me of um the small things often podcast from the Gottman Institute Mm. where it's like a three minute relationship podcast. And it's just like a tip or trick for relating normally to your partner. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it could relate to anyone, but they're just like little tips for, you know, I love it. This thing, it's probably what those bonus boxes are about, but yeah, it's cute. It's it's little and fun. And it makes me think too, like this book is definitely about like talks about their relationship. They Mm -hmm. are married. But I actually find it really helpful as just a guide for communicating and listening to other people anyway. You know, it just feels really translatable. And it's probably a nice way for you and your boyfriend to like kind of talk about these things in an easy way to be like, learning about these things in this book but it's not like yeah, without creating a bunch of tension this problem like, in our relation it's yeah. like a third yeah. party to kind of divert yeah. your conversations <laughs> towards very true right. very true <laughs> yeah it's actually on i think like the work in progress podcast i think sophia bush's podcast she had a guest on that brought up like his way of viewing relationships he liked to view the relationship as kind of like the third being in the room so like Mm. it's both like you're each individuals and then the relationship is a third thing and I think he found that helpful to help kind of remove some of if there's an argument or something I think it's meant to help a like remove the argument or discussion from being like being taken personally like Mm. you're failing whatever it's like you're not failing what's happening like this relationship has a situation or this relationship is falling short here you know Mm -hmm. and that was really eye-opening in a Mm -hmm. in a healthy way because it can get so divisive when you're like they're not doing this I'm doing all this you know and yeah and I feel this way and you feel this way yeah yeah. when at the end of the day like if you both want to be there and this is like friendships as well this definitely translates like if you both want to be there like those conflicts like they're there but they don't always have to be like end game. They don't have to be make or break. And like we had a disagreement and that's it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can kind of zoom out and analyze what's happening. And I know that sounds kind of emotionless, but I feel like sometimes that's That's helpful. That's needed. You can't get, if you're too emotional, there's no getting past that point. You need to be able to take a step back and kind of look around and realize what's actually going on because your emotions aren't always honest totally I even feel that at work at times (laughs) yeah oh my god that's so true like especially in the moment where like yeah your your brain is you know switched into like fight mode you're like getting defensive and you're just like tunnel vision on whatever's happening and you know you're really focused on like I'm feeling this way I feel attacked and it's like right that's all true just like let's sit with it and like this other person isn't attacking you even if you feel attacked 
Yeah. There's like yeah. a difference between recognizing, yeah. okay, I'm a- getting angry or I'm feeling attacked and like letting that actually control you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And letting it be like this circumstance is making me feel this way, but it's not this person that's making like this person is not mm. trying to make me feel this way. Yeah. It's just the circumstance that we're both put in that's making me, me feel, feel this totally. way. <laughs> For example, when my boyfriend and I were first dating, I hadn't really, I hadn't been in like a committed only you and I relationship for years. And so I had gotten very used to like, I'm me, independent. (laughs) I'm the only one I'm reporting to. And I remember like in the beginning of our relationship, it took me a while to be like, oh yeah, I'm with this person (laughs) who wants to know what Mm -hmm. I'm up to as well. And I remember, like, I felt weird about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, is this person being controlling? And it's like, no, right. actually. like They just want to know they what just you're want, yeah. They just like you and want to hang out with yeah. you or, like, want to know how your day was. But, you know, the fact that anyone was checking up on me. It's hard when you're not, yeah, yeah, when you're very independent that's and not exactly. used to checking in with anyone. I mean, and so I was like, oh, my God, I'm like a caged bird. And it's like, I you're not. You. <laughs> like, you're, I mean, that's you definitely the biggest issue I've had with getting back into dating is I do very much love being alone right? and it's hard to have to answer to other people yeah it's weird because like the three of us I think really appreciate our independence and that's definitely been an adjustment of like I I love this independence I also love this person or like would like to like spend yeah. my life with someone And for some reason, at times it feels like you have to pick one or the other, even though you you don't. Yeah, I I feel like you shouldn't, but I feel like it's very. I mean, you have easy to like put yourself in a corner where you you think you have to choose one or another, Mm -hmm. and you. But you are, yeah. I mean, you are giving up part of your independence in order to be with someone. Yeah, that is a part of it. Yeah, I mean, and and hopefully you feel like that's a better trade off. Totally (laughs) good point. Good point. But it's not, you can't fully act single while also fully be (laughs) in a relationship. You just can't be Otherwise you are just a giant asshole. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not 100% one or 100% the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which at times, I think like that's one of those things that I've had to unlearn and relearn. Mm -hmm. I think in high school and like in my young dating life, it was like, (laughs) oh, my partner then becomes everything and like I get absorbed into this person where like this one being and it's like nah, I mean if you don't want that and your partner doesn't want that like you don't have to do that that's that's so true you know? yeah anyway I highly recommend the book <laughs> definitely I'll have to check that one out yeah yeah the audiobook sounds, sounds oh cool. love it fantastic I really, yeah if you know what if you're on the fence you listeners are you too. <laughs> uh, so their podcast, they did release, I think, two chapters of their oh. audiobook as like two different Ooh, episodes. I, do, I yeah. do too. And like when I first heard the when I heard the first one, I thought they were like stopping and starting the recording and going off script. No, that is the actual chapter. And so it's it's really it's formal in the sense that you do feel like you're reading a book, but it's informal in the same way like it just feels like you're at a dinner party and you're listening to friends and they're just like sharing this advice they've gotten in their marriage Uh and you're like yeah where's my book (laughs) let me write this down i need to take some notes that's awesome 
Jamie, do you want to <laughs> oh, share? I guess it's my turn. Share your pick. Ooh. Yeah. I read Ooh. Inward by she Young brought, Pueblo. She brought her book. I brought the book. First, I've wanted to read this. I think it came out in like 2018, and I've wanted to read it since then. It was on my list. I went to at least like 20 bookstores looking for this and could not find it. Really? Yeah. He came on my radar maybe in the last year on Instagram. I didn't know that he had a book. He has several books. Good for him. I know. Um, Killing it. But then eventually, I was like, why why don't I just bite the bullet and look on Amazon? And it was on Amazon, and I got a used copy. And it worked out very well. Bite the bullet and and go on Amazon. I I don't. The rest of us are the opposite. The rest of us are like, I'll spend some extra money and go to a brick and mortar in town. (laughs) Listen, find yourself a deal on Amazon. I'm not like anti-Amazon. I just never use it, and I never Mm, think to use it. I guess. Yeah. And that needs to change, obviously. I, I've Especially stopped. now that I'm moving, I'm like gonna have to get a lot more things, oh, and yeah, I feel like yeah. Amazon I've stopped. Will be good. Yeah, totally. I've stopped buying books on Amazon at least, so that's. I do have a Kindle, and I will never get rid of it because I oh, love him love too much. Kindle. But okay, anyway, yes, Inward by Young Pueblo. So his actual name is Diego Perez, oh. and he's a poet. So it's a book of poetry. And I really loved it, obviously, because I'm talking about it. But it's not. Like, when you think of poetry, it's not, like, the flowery poetry that we had to read, like, in class. It's very, this book, at least, is very centered around, like, self-love and self-knowledge. And I, Hmm. you could put it in the self-help genre, but I would stick away from that. Just, it's not, I don't know, these days I'm more anti-self-help. It's not very, like overbearing like you need to change all this about yourself and everything will be perfect and fine Mm -hmm. he's very cognizant throughout the entire thing that if you're working towards self-love it is going to be a lifelong journey you will never finish and it's going to take a lot of work Mm -hmm. and you are going to forget and you're going to take 17 steps back yeah but like important thing is you realize you took 17 steps back and like you just slowly get yourself back in so he's very into going at your own pace and making sure that you're doing what's right for you and like it's kind of laid out which is which is my it's a lot of like that's my beef with self-help is that it's like here's your quick fix for Mm -hmm. waking up early in the morning or like whatever it is like a you're doing something wrong b i have the solution c it's only three steps yeah but he takes a very like buddhist approach and i honestly think he is buddhist for it's like it's gonna be a struggle and life is struggling yeah and i think for so long i was looking to self-help as is trying to like fix these different problems and then Same. end up being frustrated with myself for not being able to change my habits. Same. And like, why do I have to keep relearning this same lesson over and over mm-hmm. again? It's like, oh, well, Lauren, maybe this is like your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we're not like a computer database where totally. it's like mm, this like situation, let me pull like this piece of advice. Like there's a lot of good advice and very real advice that you pick up along your life. Mm. And some things are more at the top of the surface and other things are kind of like lost in the ether of your brain and mm-hmm. you forget about it. And then oh, yeah. something comes Easily. up and you're like, I knew that years And all ago. these other moving parts. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there's all, you've got, as soon as you've got your morning routine down, something changes and you have to figure and out a whole totally. new morning routine. It's like, it's never, nothing is ever static. Yeah, <laughs> truly. And so, so the, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I 
I mean, I highly recommend it. It's such an easy read. Like, honestly, if I had the time and the energy to, I like to read at night. So I normally can't. But I could have easily sat this down and read it in one day. Three or four. Not it seems even like a nice book. Hours. Almost like it's Rupi Kaur's uh, poetry that I would just keep on my nightstand and read like a poem a day. Yeah, it's perfect for that because it's kind of set out where you got maybe five or six pages of one, not even one sentence poems. Like they're mm-hmm. very short. And then every like few pages, he'll have like one full page poem where he kind of breaks down, not breaks down, but goes further into what he mm. talked about beforehand. So, like, honestly, there were times before I actually sat down and read it. Like, I would just open a page and read it. And it would, like, help me get, not get through the day, but it, it's just, like, a nice little it's digestible nice like a Yeah, recentering. I would I would keep yeah. groupie cars on my dresser. And if I was just randomly in my room for whatever reason, I'd read a poem. And it's kind of a nice recentering. Yeah. And it literally, I mean, some of these are so short. So, like, here's one. Did you circle it or did I did. Yeah, I have to. I write (laughs) in my own books. That's why I have to. Oh, I love that. Because I have to write in them. Yeah. And some people get mad about that and they're wrong because it's my book. So, like, the short ones is like, progress is when we forgive ourselves for taking so long to treat our bodies like a home. And that's it. That's the poem. (laughs) Like, that's it. So, I think there were a couple that I really loved that I'm going to read. It took me so long to figure out. Yeah. There's a couple short ones. Like, this one is literally on the third page. And this is when I knew I would like the book Poetry Hour Um, with Jamie. It (laughs) is. I was never addicted to one thing, I was addicted to filling a void within myself with things other than my own love. Mm. I'm like, that's Uh so. Because I definitely have an addictive personality. I do too. I really felt that. Yeah, mm. and I'm always, like, constantly having to get rid of things because it turns into something that is unhealthy. Is that what addictive personality means, is, like, the things you get into kind of become addictions? Yeah. Okay. I and always took that as, like, me, my personality is very addictive. Oh, everyone loves <laughs> me. I'm super addicting. No, no, no. It's, like, I mean, I don't have, like, an addiction to it's like you, drugs you or alcohol, but it's, like, I can feel addicted tend toward, toward becoming yeah. obsessed about something. I have even heard at times that humans in general tend towards addiction, like of whatever it is. I would believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think humans are great at taking something that is good and in wanting way too much of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Overindulging and it turns into something bad. Yeah. So true. (laughs) So I can I can definitely imagine that most humans are like that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm gonna read a long one now. And this is like the longest one. So really, this is such a short read and like a good, I don't know. I just can't speak highly enough. There is an important difference between dwelling in misery and understanding that on the path of healing, things will come up that sometimes cause us to feel the old emotions and patterns we're working on letting go. There's great power in honoring the reality of our current emotions, not feeding them or making them worse, but simply recognizing that this is what has arisen in the present moment and that this will also change. When we create this space within ourselves, a space of calmness that is undisturbed by the storm, the storm tends to pass more quickly. Practicing such profound honesty within ourselves helps in all facets of internal and external life. There is no real freedom without honesty, and without honesty, there can be no peace. Healing ourselves isn't about constantly feeling bliss. Being attached to bliss is a bondage of its own. Trying to force ourselves to be happy is counterproductive because it suppresses the sometimes tough reality of the moment. 
pushing it back within the depths of our being instead of allowing it to arise and release. Oh, I really enjoyed that. It made me think of a poem I heard in English class in high school that brought up the fact that pain is temporary. And I think in the poem, it also talks about joy being temporary. But I think that's actually been a little like nugget Mm -hmm. that has really carried me through times when things feel really intense or I'm feeling sad or whatever is just like, this is temporary. And there are times where that can be kind of a downer if like you're really happy and you're like, this is temporary. You're like, thanks, self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. okay. That's a really good reminder in pain or in anxiety. Like I was feeling a ton of anxiety last week. Mm-hmm. And when you're in it, it feels like it's just the way you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, hard, it's hard like, to look past it's it. It's hard to be like this. I'm not going to feel this way in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird too because it's almost like a different version of me will be here in an hour, you know? Because, like, when moods like that set upon you, it can really feel so out of character. Even if it's, mm-hmm. like, this is me when I'm stressed. Like, it just <laughs> feels like a totally different person sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I love the idea of the honesty with that, uh-huh. too. Totally, yeah. When you're in it, it feels like it do- it won't end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the idea that being attached to bliss Mm. is also its own bonds like you're not like that's not good either always like yeah searching for that high that bliss yeah I've been seeing some stuff kind of like in my YouTube searching (laughs) talking about those who strive for happiness a lot or or seeking happiness like that's how they're measuring life Mm. can end up being more unhappy than Mm -hmm. others because a happiness is fleeting and be like it it really depends on what happiness is to you and how you're getting it you know and if like popularity or fame or some of these other things are what brings you happiness like you will constantly be chasing that you know mm-hmm. and i think like I, it's something i'm still kind of sitting with because that's definitely something that i have been ha- i've been trying to use drive my life like what yeah. brings me happiness what brings me joy it can be really motivating at times, but it's also hard to figure out what is going to bring you joy in the long term versus like, oh, this immediately makes me mm-hmm. happy. But is that like how you make life decisions? You know, it's because yeah. I feel like at the, the bed of that is whatever you're doing in life, like you will find you can find happiness in that. And I feel like that is meant to be very relieving. But it's a shift, you know? So it, yeah, it absolutely. takes effort to get there. But. Mm-hmm. And there was one where it was like, it literally is about like being controlled by your happiness. And he, I'll just read a little more. Yeah. Letting go is not giving up. It is the graceful walk between continuing to put effort into making our preferred reality come true and not allowing our happiness to be controlled by something we do not have. If we remain attached, we tend to feel agitation or misery. This creates tension in our being that blocks us from fulfilling our desires. Sometimes we may get what we want, even if we do not know how to let it go. But in these cases, we may be less capable of keeping what we want, and it may even cause us more misery because we never address the root of our tension, which is our inability to appreciate what we already had to begin with. Yeah. He, like, hits. (laughs) I liked it because I am someone who 
struggled with wanting to be a happier person because there's people that we all know that are like just happy people and it's being around them it's like oh this is what I want to be I want to be that person that's happy all the time and that's like 100% wrong with me that I can't feel this way that I can't be this way so I mean I've you know a lot of this stuff you know it's just like reading it and having other people speak to it is very helpful putting words to feelings that you have yeah well, yeah, and it's really yeah. validating to hear it from somebody else, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, like, you don't know this person. I don't know, you know this dude. That's one thing that I love about books and just writing in general is someone's capturing a thought, and it will hit someone in a, like, across the world a different time, and it's like somebody else felt what I'm feeling. And I mm-hmm. know, like, of course, like, statistically, sure, but it just, it's such a nice, humane moment of, yeah. like, I'm not alone. If anything, this person in time was feeling what I felt. And it's a weird but beautiful connection Mm -hmm. between people you don't know but are still humans, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. I want to borrow It is. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, and he's, like I said, he's very big on, like, moving at your own pace taking it at your own time and you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna fuck it up but like as long as you show back up even if it's 20 years later like mm-hmm. as long as you're doing the work like it'll all yeah. turn out well and he's very big on forgiveness about that too mm-hmm. two more short little bitty ones that I really love kind of about forgiveness in a way but I think these ones are at least important like when paying attention to other people and not prejudging people um, because he's big on that too so one of them is like some people hit rock bottom before they can change themselves drastically because at that distance they can best see who they actually want to be so like letting yourself get to that point Mm -hmm. and then sometimes we go back and repeat an old mistake just to remember why we moved forward that is real. Yeah. Where it's that like is we so can real. beat ourselves up so many times for making the same mistake over and over. So true. But sometimes we have to. And sometimes you need the reminder. Yeah. You and need I've that even thought in my head, like, I know how this is going to end. Yep. But, but I just like, need, I need to, to do see it. If it ends I just that need way. to yeah. do it. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's when that growth is about to happen because mm-hmm. you're like, I know how this is going to end. Like, I'm putting myself yeah. in this position again, but I'm doing it. And it's one of those where you're like, we'll do it and then we won't do it again or whatever you're saying to yourself on the inside. I feel like once you have that level, you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this again, but you're doing it. You're like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do it after this next one because whatever happens here, you will know that you You recognized it. Yeah. 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 Because I think about like with that attachment to that you mentioned in a previous passage, Mm -hmm. it makes me think about when you get attached to a path that you have put yourself on and you're like, well, I can't divert from the path. Like, this is yeah. what I put myself on. And it's not bringing you joy. And it, like, it has that self-awareness, too, where you're like, ugh, like, this, is, this isn't the life that I want or this isn't fulfilling me in these ways that, like, I realize now are important to me. But I'm just, like, begrudgingly going on, yeah. on it, you know? And it's, it, I mean, it's terrifying to detach from that. I can't speak to it. But I can imagine that that moment of, like, ripping yourself from this thing that is making you feel it's deteriorating maybe your life experience and your quality of life and you finally just take the action of like fuck it I'm going into the unknown that's huge Mm -hmm. you know yeah he's big on letting go of things 
mm-hmm. and has a lot of passages Self. about that. It seems like it's counterintuitive to let go of like your want to be this person or your want to be happy or like mm-hmm. your want to like eventually be a doctor. But by letting go, you're allowing yourself to not get caught up in like the what ifs of like, what if I don't do that? Mm-hmm. Or like being down on yourself or hating yourself if like maybe you don't pass the MCAT and can't go to med school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then if you had let go before that, then it's not going to ruin your life. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas like some people might like take that harder. And you never know how it'll come back around. Yeah. You know, like I think that's one nice thing about when you let go of things too is like, like in this medical career example, like this could come back around to you. Maybe there's something about it that you are resonating with, but whatever the predicament is that you're in, you're like, this isn't working. And you get yourself out of that situation or it's not the right timing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like not working out. Like we don't know how life goes. So letting go sometimes like you might come back around to it. You might not, but it's okay to not know. Yeah. And either way, you have to live your life. So might as well live it finding something else or or enjoying yourself in some way than like sitting around and just waiting for something to happen. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that seems to help me is just telling myself that I am making the decisions that make the most sense in the moment. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can have hindsight bias all day long, but in the moment, that was the decision that made the most sense to me. And I just have to keep going knowing that. And there's no point in being upset about things that didn't happen. So true. So true. Like Lauren from five years ago made the best decision she could at that time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And I I don't know, like, what's going to happen in a year. So there's no, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know the future. Yeah. And I feel like that takes practice, too, of, like, going through that, like, we didn't know that at that time, mm-hmm. so, like, it's okay. Like, Yeah, and forgiving know. past Lauren for whatever she didn't know. Yeah. Self-forgiveness is hard. Harder mm-hmm. than expected. Difficult. Yeah. Because I have had times where I, like, forgive myself for something, and I'm totally fine, and then, like, two years later, something happens, and it, like, brings up that old mm-hmm. wound, and I'm, like, oh, I'm mad at myself again for something I did five years ago, like, that I thought I forgave myself. And yeah, it's over. I can't believe I always do. So you this. have to like keep forgiving yourself. Yeah, constantly. I mean, like everything else, it's a daily battle. Yeah, <laughs> daily growth. It's never. I just want it it's to be a one over. and done. <laughs> I'm always looking for that one and done. Like, like I graduated self-help now, university. <laughs> now I'm a perfect Don't human. Trust I never people. have to grow Yay. again. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's a daily. Don't trust anyone who ever says they daily can fix practice. You. That oh, word, gosh, no. That word, practice, is big to me. Is it's mm-hmm. like a daily, mm-hmm. daily showing up. Yes, it's a practice. It's not a finish line. All right, that's what I got. Moving on. Moving on. Lauren's turn. I've got Mari. Oh, beautiful. Andrew's beautiful book, My Inner Sky. Google this. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of just starting off. She has inspired me so much because she does a lot of watercolor and like drawing and stuff. I found her on Instagram and a lot of her Instagrams are like just watercolor in her handwriting. But then I got her book and realized that it's possible to do like mixed media type watercolor and handwriting and also typing. 
The full title is called My Inner Sky on Embracing Day, Night, and All the Times in Between. And I just wanted to quickly read the mm-hmm. first couple. I'm going to do a yeah. reading as well. Good. Yay. The book is broken down into different times of sky. Ooh. So there's golden hour, twilight, night, and dawn. I'm and already into this. <laughs> and yeah, so I'll just read the first part of the introduction, which I love. And then, and then we can talk about it. It says, humans have rituals for beginnings and endings. We get all dolled up for New Year's Eve, throw retirement parties, buy gifts for both engagements and weddings, and send graduation announcements. We ritualize the beginning of a day with a morning routine that we probably copied from someone else and mark the end of a week with a Friday margarita. (laughs) We're good at starting and we're good at finishing, but we don't know what to do with ourselves in the in-between. With the melancholy we feel... as we wait to fall in love, with the frustration of infertility, with the hope of a job interview, with the worries and boredom six months in once we get the job. Our culture just isn't set up to support it. In other words, we're just really bad at waiting. And then she goes on. Kind of her whole premise for the book is just really embracing the in-between times that we're so bad at, like, I'm really excited about this thing, but it's not starting for six months, and now I don't really know what to do with my time, or just the waiting and not being sure of what's happening. I really felt that the last month or so, and I think I picked up this book at right the perfect time because I was in between two apartments, my work was super weird, car was doing weird things. I just didn't know what the end of my month was going to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And everyone's kind of asking me what things, what's happening. And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just to have someone write something that's like, so much of our life is about being in in-between moments. And that's normal. And that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of her book, is, this book is just about that, like not really being sure. It makes me think this is a weird, like, jump, but it, I don't know if you all remember the movie Click from, like, with Adam Sandler, where he had, like, the Oh, yeah, and he could pause people. Right? Okay, so, like, go with me on this. So, it makes me think about, so, in the movie, he really gets into fast-forwarding through those times, Uh and that just makes me think exactly of what you're talking about, where, like, I'm waiting for a promotion, I'm waiting to be seen, I'm waiting, like for this relationship to advance. I'm waiting to see how my children grow up or whatever Mm. it is. And that waiting is the majority of life, right? Like Mm -hmm. those moments of like what you're waiting for or what sparks the waiting are momentary. And there are a lot of them, right? But like that waiting is the filler time. And I know at the end of your life, you can't remember all the moments. Like, you know, highlights will be there. But like, that waiting time is you with yourself yeah. embracing life. And uh-huh. it's nice to have a book speak to that because yeah. so much of your growth or just existence is in that. Yeah. You know? Is there a quote like that or am I making this up that like hmm. life is what happens in between? While you're waiting, like while, making plans or yeah, something like that? Yeah, life is what happens while mm. you're, I don't know. There's a Busy quote. making plans, I think. Right? Something mm. like that. I definitely have felt like that in, she mentions in the intro, work. Like getting in, like you're super excited about a new job and then you get there and six months in, you're like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
and and like really feeling like is work just like a culmination of promotions and then you retire and that's it like oh my god we're spending so much of our time here and I don't want my life to just be that like waiting (laughs) for the next promotion or salary bump that's so real (laughs) you're just waiting to grow to the next level to be seen to take on more to whatever And the thought of just, like, enjoying the job, for some reason in my mind means, like, oh, you've plateaued or, like, Uh life is boring. And it doesn't have to be the case. Because it it makes me think of the quote you were just (laughs) reciting as well. Like, it's not hurry up and wait, but it's, like, racing to the finish line when the race was the whole point of doing it in the Mm -hmm. first place. Like, the finish line is great, but... You're going to remember the race. What happens when you hit the finish line? Yeah. And then what? You're going to have to find something else. It goes back Mm. to that whole idea of like chasing happiness or joy. Happiness and joy are great, but most of life is not ultimate joy. Mm -hmm. And like embracing the like weird in between feelings that are just not that great. Maybe baseline Mm -hmm. at zero. Well, that makes me think, I feel like in this pandemic time, I've been reflecting a lot on my like upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I was younger, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to go make something of myself. And that involved moving to a big city, doing something spectacular, being famous, something of that sort of like just doing something extraordinary. And my home life just felt like this is a fine baseline, like whatever, but then I'm going to do something greater. And I think yeah. I've been, it's been hitting me in the last couple months how wonderful that just, like, comfortable home atmosphere was. Yeah. You know, mm. it's, like, something that I thought was mediocre when I was young is, like, that's a huge treasure. That in itself took a lot of investment and time on my parents' part. And there's so much that's really great about just, like, living day to day you're enjoying life, you enjoy who you're around. I took it for granted, you mm, know? Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of that as well. Because I, I think a lot about my profession, because I feel like at this point in my life, or from college onward, that's just felt like a driving force. What I do in my profession, that'll be me. It and is I, who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's not, though. You know, like, I, I love my field, and there, there are many things that professionally or even personally I'd like to do, but family and all those connections that you're making in that in-between time that's the stuff that at the end of the day I'm like none of the (laughs) other stuff matters if I don't have that I think about it with traveling too in those moments where you're like yes I saved up I get to do these this amazing excursion and it's like but if I don't get to enjoy it with anyone it's okay to do solo travel for the record like (laughs) I've done it and really loved it Uh but I've reached a point where there are times where I really want to enjoy it with somebody else. And so it can even be like small things of like just like walking from the train station to the Airbnb or whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah. no one else is experiencing that with you. Yeah. Than, unless you have someone with you. Yeah. Like when we hike and sing random songs about the flowers. That wasn't the intent of the hike, but it's <laughs> no. a great part that you were exactly and it's not necessarily if you were doing it alone it's not something where you come back and be like i mean we sang this really great song i, I mean that. we could we do yeah. we could 
But it's just not the same Ooh. as being like, remember the lighting? Yeah. Or there was this really awesome lighting when I was walking from the train yeah. station. And no one, unless you were there, no one would. Ooh, to that point, though, I will say, I think one thing about just being this independent person, like, mm-hmm. and especially in, like, in the years that I was single it took a long time but I got really comfortable being content with myself and kind of finding the friend within myself Mm -hmm. and that was one way that I feel like I kind of coped with like there are a lot of things to do in Seattle and they're great You, you don't have to be with other people to enjoy them but for some reason I felt like I couldn't enjoy them for a while I kept thinking like this would be better with other people to enjoy it with and I feel like somewhere along the line I've kind of become my own friend and and just like enjoying things with myself. I don't know. It sounds funkier yeah. than it feels no. in experience. No, no I know, you know exactly That's what a you good, mean. I, I find myself in the same sort of thought patterns where I'm like, uh, I really want to do this thing, but I've got no one who really, who is available or wants to go with me. And it's like, go by yourself. It'll yeah. still be great. I've yeah. hit that roadblock just, I mean, because I moved here three months before COVID started. Mm-hmm. So I hit that roadblock where I was like, okay, I moved here in winter. It's not the most awful winter I ever had, but like it's, you don't want to go like sightseeing. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of touristy stuff that I really want to do. And I still have not had a chance to do because I moved here. The second the weather started getting better, it was COVID. Mm-hmm. So then I couldn't <laughs> go with other people, even if I had someone that I wanted to go with, like, there's a lot that I haven't done that kind of not beat myself up about because it doesn't really matter. But there's a lot that I want to do that I haven't had the chance to. Yeah. And I definitely am getting better, especially with COVID. I like did a lot of things. Like I went to Pikes and I went to the Needle like alone when normally mm-hmm. I definitely would not have. But there's still a lot that I'm like sitting around waiting, kind of. Yeah. For people to do it with, where it's like, why am I just waiting? Like, I can just mm-hmm. go to the museum. Like, why do I need to go with people? Yeah. And I I feel like it's a long process. I remember being in college and being like, I can't go to the dining room, like, by myself. Feeling like doing things by yourself was, like, this really weird taboo thing. And then I remember once I was 21, I went to happy hour by myself once. And I brought my sketchbook because I was like, I'm not wow, going to go into Hamden. Yeah. Well, luckily, okay, for the record, I was <laughs> in a town that I didn't know anybody. I was doing an internship out of town yeah. and staying with my aunt and uncle. So it kind of felt it's low easier. risk. You yeah. know, yeah, you're like, no one's going to see me, whatever. But like, <laughs> I have done a lot of that. I've done a lot of like solo coffee shops. I've done a lot of solo meals. Like yeah. I'll just go to restaurants yeah. alone all the time. But there's something about like a bar or like a drinking mm-hmm. where I'm like still too afraid to go alone. Where it's like, if there's anywhere you should be able to just show up and be alone, it's a bar. But yeah. like there's something about going to a bar alone that I'm like, It it feels counterintuitive because, like, everyone is talking. And when I go to a bar alone, this doesn't happen very often, but when I do, like, I'm kind of going to just be with myself. And so if you're going and you're like, I just want to, like, meet people and talk, Mm, A plus, do it, you're going to feel great. But if you're going, you're like, I just want to, like, enjoy a drink in the atmosphere. go to a bar, but I don't want (laughs) to. Put on those self-confidence pants. It's going to be okay, you know? Yeah. But, you know, like... The more you kind of do those, you have those moments where you're like, this is hella awkward, but you get through it and then you're like, 
I kind of want to do it again. Like going out to restaurants on your own or going to a coffee shop on your own. Like each time you do it, you get more comfortable with it. And it's really nice to normalize those things because I love having friends. I don't want to feel like I have to be dependent on my friends being present for me to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to like build up that comfort with myself and just enjoying wherever Mm -hmm. I am, like I wouldn't really call it a skill, but it's like a nice present I've given myself. I don't really know how to classify it. You know? I think I got really good at it when I first moved to Seattle. I didn't have many friends aside from grad school, but like wasn't really close to anyone for a while. Got really good at like showing myself around town. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've definitely got out of practice, especially in the last year, because I'm not going anywhere new. (laughs) True, true. But that's a good, yeah, that's a good reminder, a good reminder to get that muscle flexed again. That's why I like traveling to new cities alone is the opportunity to explore places. Oh, by I myself I'm very good at exploring other places but it's, alone yeah, but there's something about exploring Seattle do it in, that I just town. like why mm-hmm. have I not thought about that yeah it's yeah. possible to do it here too and I don't know why I don't I think yeah. I'm just into whatever to-do list I have I don't often <laughs> totally yeah or I'm just exhausted and want to sleep and like I don't know I always have plans now yeah. now that I feel like we're coming out on the other side of things even though we aren't but now that most of my friends are vaccinated, I definitely have, like, more plans. And yeah. it's hard for me to say no to plans because I spent a year having no plans. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, yeah, I want to hang out with you. But now I'm just overbooked and tired. So when I do have those off days, I'm like, cool. This is yeah. a day I'll just sit around my apartment. Yeah. Where it's not like, okay, I have an off day. Let's go, like, take myself out right. and do a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. I've definitely noticed that my Lauren time is way low on the priority list, mm. which I would really like to be higher. It's like everyone else gets all my time, and then I, whatever's left is for me, and I end up just being at home by myself because yeah. I can't give anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I'd like I, it yeah, to be same. higher. The, yeah. <laughs> or even, yeah, just like a balance where like your alone time isn't just like because you're wiped out you know oh, exactly yeah. and i had to say no because i was so tired yeah. i would like to prioritize doing more things for just me yeah oh girl let's talk in, <laughs> very like me time <laughs> in the artist way every week you're supposed to do an artist date and i never do them I love that. because oh. i just cannot prioritize time for mm. myself that could be like an interesting exercise where you're like you yeah. put it in the calendar and you're like Lauren time and I've tried but like other friends it's like friends first yeah like, if yeah. anyone asks me to do anything I just especially in COVID it's like oh, oh someone yeah. wants to see me okay <laughs> okay mm-hmm I would jump on that, too. Maybe I'm just not getting many offers. But, like, if anyone was like, want to do this? I'm like, hell yeah. What am I doing? Not this. (laughs) Well, I feel like I'm over here, like, sending out the messages to everyone. Like, hey. Anyone want to do anything? Great. Okay. (laughs) Grocery store. Oh, my God. How many options these days? (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's definitely on my list of things I'd like to get better at in the next year or so. Yeah. I enjoy my alone time so I love friends so much. And, like, I want (laughs) to see people. And I think some of it maybe comes from my own, like, introversion of just, like, needing time to recharge and 
unwind. Oh, yeah. and I you need know? that too. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is just at home. Right. That I don't prioritize doing. It's weird because it kind of happens where like, maybe I'm just not fighting myself with it, but it kind of like, I feel like it happens and like, I'll be in bed and then I'm just like, that's it. We're not going anywhere. Like, yeah, it it's not at, out of my control, but like my body has taken over, you know, <laughs> and like yeah. I find that on times where like there's a text chain going and then suddenly I'm just like I, I like disengage and I'm just like in my bed. And it's it's not like me being sad or anything. It's just like my subconscious has taken over. And like even <laughs> though I'm like reading it, I'm like cannot respond. And I'm yeah. just like. It's interesting to the point that, like, my body is just kind of making, calling the shots sometimes, but it'd be nice to override that. (laughs) Where we maybe reset button? Yeah. Well, is that it for this week? I think so. I guess that's it. Cool. All right. See y'all next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at WRDPod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all our show notes and more on our website, whatyoureadingdude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and see you next week.